Welcome to another installment of the Puffy Talks Food and Football Podcast. I'm your host, the P-U-F-F-Y, and you know how we do, man. We're talking division previews. It's the final one. It's the AFC West. We're finally here. The eighth division in football. Um, the Chiefs, Broncos, Charger, Raider fans, this is your time. Um, super excited to talk about today. This is a solo puffy pie. That's right. S-O-L-O. Solo puffy. Um, just me. But uh, we're going to talk about a few different things, man. Preseason just wrapped up Sunday night. So, hope you guys enjoyed the three weeks of preseason football we got. Roster cuts were yesterday. Um, I'm literally recording this Wednesday morning, the same day you'll be getting this before work. That's my dedication to you guys. I was a bit tired last night, so I did not um, record the episode because I post them in the mornings. Uh, and I didn't want to sit on it another day. I wanted to get the information to you. I wanted to get the preview to you. Um, give you a few days to dissect it through roster cuts, um, through all that, because next Thursday, of course, is the big thing, and I still have t- um, one show to get to you before that. So um, keep in mind, with roster cuts, there's the reserve COVID-19 list that every team has. Um, I know as a Titans fan, we currently have nine players on it, including Ryan Tannehill. So, uh, with that, you don't have to include those players in your roster spots. So, there's still nine cuts the Titans have to make um, to get some of those players on the list if we do end up keeping those players. And I can tell you by some of the names on the list, such as Ryan Tannehill, Nate Davis, and Harold Landry, that uh, we're definitely going to be using those spots and cutting three different people to fill those spots with those three because those guys are three starters, um, three important roles of the team. So when you look at the 53 today, don't be surprised if um, not every player that made it today is actually on the roster in the week or, um, you know, however long the person's been in protocol. Fortunately for the Titans, the players that went on protocol went to the protocol last week or earlier in this week, so they'll be back by the season opener, and um, they're we're ninety over ninety percent fully vaxxed team, so um, they don't have any outbreaks to really worry about um, getting bad. Hopefully, because if you know this season uh, with COVID being a thing, and as I've told you before, I don't care about your opinions. If you're vaccinated, if you're not, if you're going to get it, how you feel about it, I'm not here to talk about it with that with you. I'm here to talk about the structure of the way the NFL season falls under these rules of COVID-19, the, 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 the regulations they have put in place. Um, if your team has an outbreak and you are forced to miss a game, that is an automatic forfeit lost and everybody loses a game check. Nobody gets paid. <clears throat> So, if that is the case, you can imagine there'll be a few upset people. So, teams are going to be um, less inclined to keep players who don't want to get vaccinated. So, with that, you have Urban Meyer today coming out saying that vaccinations played a part in roster cuts. Basically, look, Urban Meyer, since he's been there, he's had a few curf- he's had a few kerfuffles, my guys. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously, Urban Meyer's been a dickhead since he's been there. Let's just be honest. He hired Chris Doyle. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that was a strength and conditioning coach who's known for being a little crazy and racist. Um, you know, signed Tebow. That ain't work out. Said ETN was going to be the third down back. Now ETN's going for the year anyways, you know. Said it was an open competition between Gardner Minshew Trevor Lawrence, which I'll speak about Gardner Minshew a little later. Um, you know, he's just been, he's been on this college thing. You know, they say he's, you know, already wearing out the players because he's on this college mode thing. He really needs to understand. He needs to dial that back. NFL players aren't like college players. You can't control them. They don't want all this overwatch. They're grown men. But um, he just said the quiet part out loud, basically. So, Um, This is the first time I think the Heat doesn't need to be so much on Urban Meyer. Yes, he did slip up and say what every team did. I mean, there's not a team in the NFL who vaccinations didn't play a part in them um, cutting a player. And I believe that's the same, you know, that kind of leads into the biggest surprise cut of the day yesterday, which would be Cam Newton 
And I mean, honestly, I'm not that surprised because once Cam had his little five day COVID situation, I kind of understood that he did. He was not vaccinated. Cam Newton, the last, uh, look, listen, like I said, I don't care about your, your, like your beliefs or anything like that. Cam, this was, this was a big year for him to me to audition to get a job for next year. Um, I believe he was going to be set up for success this year. If he played well, I don't think they were going to pull him. Um, Mac Jones played well in the preseason, even though um, there are no indicators of playing well in the preseason means that's going to carry over to the regular season. Um, I do believe he'll be fine. Mac Jones, he'll be fine. He'll be <clears throat> he won't deter them for too many wins. I don't think it changes the win probability trajectory uh, trajectory of the Patriots or anything, but I do think um, for Cam Newton not to be vaccinated, knowing he's in an open competition, knowing he's on a short string, knowing what comes with the territory and not being vaccinated. Um, when you get cut like that, I mean, you can only cannot, you can only lay it on yourself at that point. You know, um, you got a Ricky who's playing well behind you in the preseason who was probably fully vaccinated. And um, they just can't take that risk. So with the Patriots having a deep roster, um, they can kind of trot out a rookie quarterback. Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, um, one thing, you know, in the betting market you're going to hear me talk about a lot um, during the season is quarterback-coach combo, um, camaraderie within offenses, things like that. If you have a quarterback and coach that's been together for a very long time, such as, you know, uh, Breeze, and Sean Payton, when he was there in New Orleans, you know, and Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin and, you know, things like that, you know, you got to kind of give those teams a little bump just for that. Um, and I kind of lost, <laughs> I kind of lost my train of thought. Though. Give me a second. Yeah. Um, we, you know, with the quarterback coach combination, you know, with like uh, Josh McDaniels and Belichick, it's just as good as a connection. I mean, they've been together for years, so they can the game plan a way to be like, hey, we got this rookie, we got Mac Jones, we know he can make a couple throws. We got Miami coming in week one, uh, a familiar opponent, a division foe. Um, we know they're going to get a lot of man coverage. We can scheme up some things to get some guys open, run the ball. I think the Patriots are going to have a great run game this year. Play defense, force Tua to make some plays, try to put some pressure on them. And they're gonna, the Patriots are going to go out here. They're already going to run the ball and play defense. So why not start the rookie quarterback? I can completely understand it. As much as I love Cam Newton, I don't know what opportunity there is for him out there. Um, I don't know what teams would be willing to sign him, especially if he's not vaccinated. I don't know what team would be willing to let him come in and start because Cam's such a dominant personality, such a dominant talent that he still has so much left. People in the locker room are going to gravitate towards him when they see him in person, when they meet him. Um, teammates love him. So uh, teams that I was thinking should pick him up is the Giants. I'm telling you guys, I'm not a Daniel Jones fan. Um the Eagles just invested draft capital in another quarterback who I think is going to end up starting down the road anyways. Um, and, I mean, if the Vikings could cut Kirk Cousins right now, it would cost them so much money and insert Cam Newton. I wouldn't be complaining. But um, let's talk about what I just said. Uh, Gardner Minshew going to the Eagles on a six-round pick. Um, basically... Uh, I, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's gotten better every year since I've since Alabama, since we've seen him. I enjoyed him at Oklahoma that one year under Lincoln Riley. But um, to me, you know, this is more so the Eagles saying, "We know this guy is a completion machine." Um, he's going to check it down. He's going to get it to the open man, hit running back out the flats. He'll take a shot every now and then. He'll throw those short to intermediate routes. He'll be accurate. Um, he got a little bit of legs. He got some moxie to him. Um, so if the Jalen Hurts experiment doesn't work out, instead of playing Joe Flacco, you can easily turn it over to a guy who's at least going to move the ball. Um, 
That's what I say. That's what I, I seen when I seen this trade and I seen this as, hey, um, you know, what if we're not bottom five? We're kind of middle of the pack and we're not up there for a top quarterback next year. Well, at least let's get us somebody who we can keep just building the team around who's going to keep us from being at the woeful bottom. And I think that's what Gardner Minshew can do for you as a quarterback. He can keep you from bottoming out completely. So I do like that move by the Eagles. Um, certainly, big move. <clears throat> Oof, it's 4.30 in the morning. See, I got to bear with me. Uh, so, yeah, that's cuts. Um, no really other surprise cuts to talk about because there are still much more cuts to come. We talked Cam. We talked the Gardner Minshew. We talked how COVID-19 is, you know, shaping NFL again. But let's talk a little preseason. Um, obviously, uh, degenerate gamble. I bet a little bit in the preseason, just a little bit. But uh, you want to kind of get a see. You kind of want to get a feel for how some teams are going to come out here, maybe some usage, some snap counts. I don't know how much of that information you can take with you going into the regular season. Some teams didn't play their starters at all. Teams like the Chargers and the Rams, they didn't play their starters at all <clears throat> in the preseason. And then you got some teams who played their starters uh, two out of the three games. I know the Chiefs did. I know the 49ers did. Um, you know, um, me being a Titans fan, I was just like, is Ryan Tannehill that good enough for us to, like, not let him play a little bit in the preseason? I mean, I get it. I mean, he's been great the last – a couple years, and uh, he was great last year with no preseason, but um, just having Julio Jones, A.J. Brown there in a new offense, Derrick Henry, no, he doesn't need to play. I don't even think Julio really needs to play either, but I would like to see those guys out there for at least two series, just, you know, in an offense, just taking snaps, but I didn't get that. Maybe it's just me being selfish, but, you know, one thing I won't take away from the uh, preseason is this. The Titans defense was very dominant in the preseason up until the last game against the Bears. They only allowed six points, you know, but there's no correlation that that's going to tie into the regular season because I can get to the regular season and the quarterback can be in the pocket and the pass rush can be in the parking lot. I'm telling you right now, I've seen it with my own eyes. Mm. Get a sip of my water. That's just um, that's just the gist of it. So don't take too much in the uh, preseason. Don't put too much stake into it. Regular season starts next Thursday night. That's right. We're getting it. We're getting there. We're almost there. It's like Christmas morning. You know what I'm saying? It's like Christmas morning. You just Saturday is Christmas morning for some people. For better, like me, love it. Um, you got college football, a few big games this week. Um, gonna have my eyes glued to the TV. Gonna have me some steaks in some of those games. So that's Christmas morning for some people. But the real Christmas morning for me, as just a football fan, is not even next Thursday. That's just the appetizer. Those are the wings I ordered before I bought uh, more wings. Um, <laughs> I might have bought. I might have doubled down on the wings, but on Sunday, that that is my um, that is definitely my Christmas morning. Uh, if you know me, I like to post this the most wonderful time of the year. That song, that Christmas song, I like to do a video every year to that song, the morning of uh, NFL season. You know that Sunday because it is literally the most wonderful time of the year. And with that, let's talk about the final division, the AFC West. Let's get into it. All right. Um, you know, since this is a solo puffy pod, I can go off on tangents. I'm going to give you the straight work. Like I said, I got to work soon. Um, I'm going to smoke me a little weed before I go to work too. So I don't, you know, plan on spending too long talking to you guys this is a very interesting division though let's be honest Chiefs we know what the Chiefs are going to do uh, it's going to be the first team I actually talk about um, Chiefs are going to score points even though I think they have a, a lot of more questions this year on offense than people realize and on defense um, it's pretty much still the same defense they have a deep D line and everything else gets kind of suspect if like one or two players don't play well in the secondary um, the Raiders uh, traded away literally their offensive line. I have no idea why and replaced them with worse players. Um, a lot of their offensive production has moved on elsewhere. Going to be relying a lot on some uncertainty outside, even though John Gruden is a good offensive coordinator. Uh, defense still 
is probably going to be a bottom five defense, which has been the problem since he's been there. Um, the Chargers had brand new head coach, second year Justin Herbert, retooled the offense. Um, they're going to be running a little bit of that um, Saints, probably early Drew Brees years offense. Um, defense has a bunch of studs, but no depth. Really interested to see how they move around and they're used in the Brandon Staley defense. Um, coming over from the Rams last year and wondering if he can bring that style and um, that defense is anything like I think it should be, should be good. And then the Broncos, of course, who might have the best defense in the league, just tons of talent everywhere, every level of the defense deep, especially in the secondary, literally can go four to five corners deep. Um, so you need that when you can play the Chiefs. Um, but the only problem is the offensive line isn't bad. Best offensive line coach in the league is Mike Munchak. Uh, weapons galore at receiver. And quarterback, they're trotting out Teddy Bridgewater, uh, who could be, you know, if he doesn't play well, I guess they'll insert Drew Locke. God dang. I, I'm tripping. We talked about Cam Newton earlier, and Denver would honestly be fools not to sign Cam Newton. I mean, literally, why not? You have weapons on the outside. You have a few running backs. You got a good offensive line. Let Teddy start. Bring Cam in. Give him two, three weeks to get acclimated. Take Teddy ass out. Insert Cam. Run the ball with Cam. Use play action. Cam ain't a quarterback. You have to manage the game around. He's a former MVP. It'll be the most talent he ever played around. And honestly, it's probably a good way to compete instead of playing trying to run the ball and play defense you go out there with cam you say hey let's let's sling it around the yard a little bit let's run it let's try to score some points and play defense but <clears throat> i digress i'm going to talk about the chiefs first the chiefs um few departures of course both of their tackles eric fisher and mitchell schwartz both guys suffered injuries last year both guys are not healthy eric fisher was signed by the Colts. He won't be playing until about October. Mitchell Schwartz still hasn't been picked up by a team recovering from Achilles injury. Rashawn Breeland, um, cornerback, he's moved on. He's in Minnesota. <coughs> Damian Williams went to Chicago. The running back, Kalechile Osimile, the offensive lineman, is no longer that offensive guard, and Daniel Kilgore is gone. Um, but um, with that, they drafted Nick Bolton from Missouri. Um, Creed Humphrey, offensive lineman, Oklahoma. Cornell Powell, who they just cut. Trey Smith from Tennessee. And uh, they have another rookie who's projected to start, I believe. Ronnie Stanley uh, was a trade that they traded for early in the offseason from the, um, the Ravens. He's going to be holding out a tackle spot. Joe Thune's going to be in there. Um, they signed Austin Blythe. They re-signed Alex Okafor. They signed Will Parks over from Denver. I mean, from the Eagles, he was with Denver before. Uh, they signed Jared McKinn and Jerron Reed. Jerron Reed just having up is a, is a decent little piece if he can get back to form. Um, but with that being said, um, the questions on the offense I have are, you know, oh, they also lost Sammy Watkins too. The questions I mostly have are the offensive line is going to be starting three rookies, I believe. Um, Trey Smith has a ton of talent. I've heard nothing but good things out of camp. I know they're going to be able to run the ball, the Chiefs. I expect them to run the ball a little bit more this year. Uh, I know some people are surprised to hear me say that, but they literally have a nasty offensive line built to run. When you have Thune, Ronnie Stanley, um, Trey Smith, and Creed Humphreys, those are guys who are ass kickers, and they're going to move people off the ball um, when it comes to the red game. And uh, Though two of the three of those guys are not the best pass blockers being Ronnie Stanley and um, Trey Smith. So they're definitely going to be able to run the ball more. So that's a bump for Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the fantasy community. But at receiver, you know, losing Sammy Watkins is kind of big because now insert Miko Hartman, um, Travis Kelsey, Cheetah. You know, he's still going to have people to get the ball to, but. Uh, they still have Robinson. Yeah, they probably still have Robinson there. I can't think of his first name right now. So those would be the guys out there catching the ball. But, man, I just have to see it from Eco Hartman. Hasn't been able to be a 
big play threat all the time like they would like. He really struggled in the Super Bowl. Really could have been the difference if he could have caught one or two of those balls. But, um, yeah, man, uh, I don't think – I think this offense is still going to be great. It's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to mask a lot of the issues. But I think they're going to rely on their running game a little bit more. Um, and Mahomes has said he's going to stop drifting into pressure as much this year because he's watched the Super Bowl and seen that he was just taking off before pressure got there. But I don't think he'll have to worry about that as much. I think his offensive line is much more improved. Um, getting Joe Dooney was such a big deal. Um, and then you flip the side on defensive ball. Like I said, they're going to let Chris Jones play a little bit more defensive end this year, which is scary. Um, Jerron Reed, you know, they're, they're going to get pressure. Like they always do, the Chiefs are just going to get you the third down and get pressure, and they're going to have to because this defense is once again pretty much. I'm sorry to do that on the mic, guys. It's early in the morning. My sinuses are we're going through it. Um, their um, their defense isn't anything to write home about. I mean, when they're firing their cylinders, they're firing. They're usually flying around, creating turnovers. That's kind of what they do. They can't stop the run. Um, can't stop it like a faucet of a nosebleed, like somebody UFC elbowed you in your, right in your nose. Bah! They can't stop the run. Um, so they thrive on getting you into third and long situations and uh, rushing the pass or create chaos and create turnovers. Uh, I don't think it'll be no different this year for that team. Still a really good team, though, um, in Kansas City. But um, certainly, I think the offense could take maybe like a three, four ranking spot back this year, just based off the receiving call. Eh, wouldn't hurt them too bad though. Um, yeah, you know, I just reject the Chiefs to go out there and do what they do. Week one, they do open with the Browns, which is a very interesting game. Two contrasting styles. One team wants to run the ball and play action. One team is wants to sling it around the yard and probably incorporate a little bit more running out of the shotgun. And um, that Browns defense, which has been so talked about in this offseason, having so many pieces, um, we'll get a chance to really get a good look at how they're going to be utilized, what kind of roles guys are going to be playing because they're going to need every bit of force they got to stop Patrick Mahomes. Um, so that's the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? Retooled offensive line should be better, should run the ball a little bit more. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to suffer a drop-off or anything like that. They're going to be in that mix. They're still the top team in the AFC until I see um, them get beat. Uh, otherwise, they're the top team. Uh, you move on to the Raiders, a team who, like I said, I just don't understand letting Rodney Hudson and uh, Trent Brown, you know, you just let your you let two offensive linemen go. And, um, you know, Trent Brown went back to the Patriots. Rodney Hudson went to Arizona to protect Kyler. Gabe Jackson went to Seattle. You know, another guard. I did not understand letting all three of those guys go. But Marcus Joyner has gone to the Jets to safety. Tyrell Williams, they had him for one year. He literally didn't stay healthy. You know, he's in Detroit. I think people kind of forgotten about him. Um, could be a nice target for Jared Goff. Tat McKinley, uh, they picked him up. He's gone. He's went to the Browns. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. It's with the Patriots. Had a huge year for them last year. Really exploded. And Maurice Hurst, of course, the defensive lineman is in San Francisco. So a lot of turnover uh, amongst the offensive line, kind of on the offense. And then you bring in additions of Casey Hayward, a veteran corner, a veteran corner uh, Nick Martin, a center from the Houston. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, pass rusher. Hopefully you can get anything out of him. Because the Raiders lack juice uh, after f um, pretty much flopping out on the Cleveland Farrell pick. Um, anyone who pretty much knew about that pick at the time didn't see why they were making it. He wasn't really anything special. A guy that's more of a rotational piece than a starting pass rusher. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe isn't going to play the run either. Um, John Brown, they did sign him, but they uh, he asked for his release. And so Smokey Brown's back on the market. Well, they signed Kenyon and Drake, expensive backup running back to back up Josh Jackson, uh, Jackson, and I don't, I mean Josh Jacobs, and I don't understand that at all. Solomon Thomas, they added him from the 49ers, um, literally coming off injuries and inconsistency seasons. Uh, they signed Willie Sneed from the Ravens, and Carl Joseph um, is back with the team. So, 
they drafted Alex Leatherwood. Um, all reports are he's been pretty good on the offensive line. Trayvon Morick, the safety from TCU. They drafted four DBs in the draft, and they were number 28th in DVOA in defense. And let's talk about why the need to draft four DBs was so important. Listen, this team tried to trade for Khalil Mack, I heard, this offseason. Um, first off, if I was Khalil Mack, I wouldn't want to go back. Second off, at the time, we laughed. Me, me and my brother laughed at John Gruden so hard because it was a stupid move. Um, you don't trade generational pass rushers. Um, guys like that. Well, I'm not going to say generational pass rushers. You just don't trade pass rushers who can do what Khalil Mack has done in this league. You just pay them, and you pay them until they get older in teams that want to ring chase, want to trade you picks to try to get him to get that ring when you buy, when your team's kind of rebuilding. You know, and even though the Raiders were kind of rebuilding, as you seen last year, with how decent their offense was, any bit of good defense, and the Raiders probably could have snuck in a playoff spot. You know who helps with that? Khalil Mack. Pass, some kind of pass rush helps with that, which you haven't been able to get. Khalil Mack has probably outsacked your team in a season almost. Um, in a two-season stretch, he's probably been right around what you guys have in two seasons. So, um, the Raiders are still going to struggle on defense, man. Jonathan Abrams, man, he's just a walking flag and a walking human toaster of it. They just pick on him so much. He runs his mouth out there, and I like him. I like the guy before the draft uh, coming out process, like him going doing interviews and stuff. But on the field, no, sir. Uh, he needs to be a box safety, like strictly blitzing, playing the run, keep him out of coverage. He just gives up assignments to go hit the quarterback so much. Like, I mean, I mean, to get hit people so much or to try to make a play that's not there. I mean, I watched him um, when they played the Chiefs. Mahomes left the pocket, and he was in, like, the middle of the field. He left the middle of the field to go try to hit Mahomes, and Mahomes threw it right there, literally right there, right there. Like, he just, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Raiders, man. I don't know. They'll run the ball. They'll be fine. I don't expect the offense to be terrible. This is John Gruden. He can scheme up some offense. Brian Edwards has looked like a stud in camp from South Carolina. He'll probably be their number one. Um, you know, you got Renfro. You got Darren Waller. You got weapons. You don't have to worry about too much. John Gruden's going to scheme it up. He'll make Derek Carr look decent. Hopefully, Derek Carr can play as well as he did last year, uh, throwing the ball down the field, creating big plays with no Aguilar. We'll see how they continue to be able to do that. But hopefully, Ruggs can step up and be that guy. Hopefully they can hit him on the slant. Hopefully they can hit him on some end breakers. Get the ball in his hand and really let him just do the rest. Um, to help out this offensive line, which is going to be worse because John Gruden decided to trade everybody away and get rid of everybody. Um, you got to wonder how long that Mike Mayock, the GM, and John Gruden, the head coach relationship lasts. I mean, it's only so long one person can keep making dumb decisions. And let's not be let's not be confused here. It's John Gruden. John Gruden's making all the decisions here. When you have a ten year contract, you pretty much can put your you can hold your nuts on anybody. You know what I'm saying? My boy's gonna hold his nuts, to plant his nuts over everybody. And you just can't do that. You know? You you, you can't when you might may I just keep continuing to watch us make first round picks who shouldn't be first round picks. And then we coming out here and like they're not even like Damon Damon Arnett ain't even Damon Arnett is like a third team player. He's just like he's not even getting any run and these guys drafted him like in the first two rounds of a draft. You I mean you cannot do that. Just you can't keep missing out on the draft and expect to catch up the teams in your division who are getting better year by year. They're adding pieces. You got Justin Herbert in your division now to go along with Mahomes. You have to be able to play defense. You have to have an identity on defense, and the Raiders just don't. And the Raiders, to me, could definitely be in the mix for, well, they're not going to be a bottom five team, but they're definitely going to be a bottom ten team because that I just don't see it with this defense. I don't see them generating any type of pass rush, and I don't see them being good enough to stop the run. And their offense should take a step back because they traded away their offense alignment because John Gruden, I just don't understand what he's doing, and he doesn't either. And if he was to tell you he does understand you're doing, he's going to tell you he got a plan, smack the visor off his head. I'm just telling you, I'm smacking the visor off his head because he just does not have a plan. 
You're not going to sit here and cap to me, John. I know you don't have a plan. I seen your plan. You seen your plan. And I don't like your plan. Moving along to the Broncos. Who added Teddy Bridgewater. Cal Fuller. Another corner to the room. Didn't need him, but they did. Cameron Fleming and Ronald Darby. Um, and then uh, the departures. Jarrell Casey. Uh, Philip Lindsay's in Houston. Jawan James, who was an injury cut. Um, who got picked up by the Ravens, who are just waiting on him to get fully healthy. Probably won't be this year. Maybe if they make a playoff run. Uh, Will Parks, as I say, oh, yeah, so Will Parks did leave Denver. And um, Jeremiah Tacho. Um, they drafted Patrick Sertain the second PS2 to go along with an already stacked corner room. Man, like I told you, man, you got Fuller, you got Callahan, you got Patrick Sertain. And you got um you got the guy that you drafted last year out of Iowa. I can't even say his last name, but he wasn't even bad. And I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting one more of their corners that they have that's already established. Forgive me for that. The Denver's just deep at corner and they got Justin Simmons at safety, like and um Kareem Jackson in a slouch ever since he's moved to safety either. I mean, he'll hit your ass. Javante Williams, they drafted him around too. Really excited to see what he can do as the running back. Quinn Merritt's offensive lineman. Uh, Baron Browning, they drafted him from Ohio State. They drafted Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson and Kerry Vincent Jr. I, I, I say all that because I really like Denver's draft. I really like this team makeup. Mike Munchak has coached up that offensive line. Garrett Bowles is not a walking penalty anymore. He used to have so many holding calls on him. Um, now he's one of the better left tackles in the league. He, and then you just turn around and you look at you getting Cortland Sutton back to go with Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy and um, the receiving core that's in Denver. You know, you got uh, Big O, the tight end, Albert O. And then you have the other tight end that you drafted last year out of Iowa. Um, kind of blanking on my guy's name right now. He's a uh, Noah fan. He's a, he's a freaking he's a freaking threat. I mean, so you just look around. You have offensive weapons. Galore here, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Um, if Teddy can cut down on the interceptions for Carolina last year, which I believe he will because he won't be under so much pressure because people don't really understand how terrible the offensive line was. If they can actually, you know, not play too conservative of a game plan, they could actually win some games. I expect Denver to fall in that market to be a up. They're going to be a team I bet a lot this year as a dog. If Denver's a dog in a game, I'm probably taking the points every time just because I do not think this team is going to be in a whole lot of games where they lose by more than a field goal. It's going to, those games, the games are going to be three scores or I mean, three points or less, and they're going to win by usually three points or less or a turnover at late to blow it out to make it 10. This is going to be a team I ride all year long. I'm going to ride unders with this team all year long with Chubb, Von Miller coming off their edge. Um, they even have rotational pass rushers, man. This is just the defense that I'm all in on. We target them at fantasy, too. Um, it just really comes down to Teddy. If he can get the ball to these weapons, if he can get the ball to Jerry Judy in space, continue to let him run. If they're willing to take a couple shots, if they're willing to just throw the ball on first down a little bit more, um, and if the running game is actually good, they can definitely, they can definitely be challenging for a playoff spot now. The real question is, can they challenge for the division? Can they challenge for the division? Because in the day, that's what matters. Oh, yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking about another corner. They got his Patrick Sertain the second. So I just named you four, like four or five corners. But the real question is, can you know can they win a division? Um, like I said, if they were to sign Cam Newton, if he was to get acclimated to this offense, if they were to um, go from more of a run-heavy team to try to balance it out, or two, just a hey, based on what the opponent's weak at, we're going to do week by week. And Cam actually looks good from all reports on the Patriots training camp. If he looks like that and he can come in there and get acclimated with these weapons, man, they could absolutely contend in their division just because their defense is so good. And they might be able to go out there and get the Chiefs one of those games and take care of the Raiders twice and maybe take care of the Chargers twice. And that sets you up. That's five wins right there. Now all you got to do is go rattle off five or six more. Well, you got some teams – in the AFC West, you know, you're taking on uh, – let me see how that shakes up. I think they played the NFC East this year. I do believe the Broncos – yeah, the Broncos do play the NFC East 
that division, AFC West and the NFC East play each other. So, I mean, you're talking about three wins right there, three to four wins. They could easily beat the Philly. They could easily beat the Giants. Um, the Dallas has a great offense but no defense. So that could be a game where they actually have a um, chance, you know, to shut that down with the strongest their secondary is with that pass rush. Who knows what, you know. And then Washington being a team who's good on defense and their offense has a chance to, you know, be you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a turnover-prone quarterback. So no matter what they have on offense, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a turnover-prone quarterback, and you have a good defense. So that's why I say you could get three or four of those games. If you, if you could sweep that division, that's nine wins right there. You know, now the Chiefs, we know they're going to be pushing to the 13 to 14 to 15 range. So now you just have to figure out how to make up those other ones. I don't have Denver's schedule in front of me. I wish I did. Uh, um, I, I think they might play the AFC uh, East, though. I think they do play the Patriots division. Um, and if that's the case, um, because they do open up week one with the Giants, they're, uh, minus one bet that, bet that I've already bet it multiple times. I bet it. They're going to beat, they're going to beat the Giants. Um, that's just my, that's my best bet for week one. The Giants getting beat by the Broncos. The Broncos bet them. I bet it up to three. I bet it up to three points. Once it gets to three, I wouldn't touch it. Um, just think that's the thing that just went by field goal. Um, Unless we get that late Daniel Jones interception that busts it open to 10. You know what I'm saying? But then you have to worry about that backdoor cover of them scoring that touchdown later on on that meaningless drive after that. But, yeah, if if the, if, if I'm correct, I think they play the AFC East. Um, and there's no reason to believe they can't beat every team in that division. I mean, you mean you don't think they can beat the Jets? You don't think they can beat the two LA Dolphins? Even though I think the Dolphins are going to be okay. You don't think they can beat the Mac Jones-led Patriots? Um, you know, the, the Zach Wilson Jets, the, 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 the Zach Wilson Jets. Come on, man. Come on now. Now the Bills are the only team I, I don't see them beating that division. But if you tally it up, I just gave you, I just gave you 11 to 12 wins right there. So I could definitely see the Broncos contending for this division. Maybe I'm being too optimistic because I like the roster. Yeah, uh, because I like Cam Newton. If he was on this team, that's that's the that's the record. If they have Cam Newton, and he's able to go out there and play well. So Denver, you got a lot to look forward to this year. Barring health, you should be back in the playoffs this year. Conversation. Hopefully, you get anything positive out of the quarterbacks, and you're definitely in the playoffs this year. Uh, moving right along to the final the team in the division, the most interested team in the division, San Diego Chargers, a team that can't seem to escape curses. They can't stay healthy. Can't stop losing close games. They fire Anthony Lynn this year, and hopefully we have cleansed all that. Phillip Rivers has retired. They fire Anthony Lynn. Justin Herbert's coming in his second year, being one of the best rookie quarterbacks we've seen in quite some time. Uh, Brandon Staley comes over from the Rams defensive coordinator, now the head coach, bringing in his system, kind of like Fangio on defense. Uh, you got um, um, I know his last name's Lombardi, Joe Lombardi coming in running that offense again in the second year. Uh, they got hella weapons. Keenan Allen's one of my favorite receivers <clears throat> in the league. They got Mike Williams. They got Eckler. Uh, they don't have Hunter Henry anymore. He's moved on. But they did add Rashawn Slater on the offensive line um, to kind of sure that offensive line up. It should be way better this year. Josh Palmer, they added him in the draft. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr., just a just doesn't make very many mistakes. It's definitely um, um, NFL player son, and adding him to that cornerback room was just great. Um, added Jarrett Cook to replace Hunter Henry is just another. Like I said, this, this team is going to stretch the field. They're going to make explosive plays. Justin Herbert, man, I'm going to be charging him in some DFS, some daily fantasies, trying to win some money with him. They add Cal Frackle and Matt Feeler also. But the departure list is pretty long. Uh, Malik Jefferson moved. Sam Tevy, who went to back up, be the backup tackle to Eric Fisher, but he was probably going to start. He went there to start off. He actually got hurt today, done for the year. Um, Dan Feeney's gone. Uh, Nick Vigil. De uh, uh, his last name's Square. I just can't. Is it Dam yeah, Damian Square? Forrest Lamp. Tyrod Taylor's gone. Denzel Perryman went to the Panthers. Pouncey retired. Uh, Hunter Henry with the Patriots. Trey Turner is also gone. Um, Casey Hayward 
is with the Raiders, like I said, and Melvin and Melvin Ingram being gone. I don't even, uh, yeah, he went to Stellas. Yes, I think I mentioned that already a couple episodes ago. So, laundry list of departures. Bring in Brandon Staley. You get Derwin James back. I should put that down as addition. Um, to go along with um, a team with Joey Bosa. And they got some studs, man. They got some players. They should be able to go out there and be a top 10 unit on defense just based on the way Brandon Staley ran his defense last year um, with the two safety looks. Is there Adderley out there? Got a couple athletes frying around. Um, drafted the kid out of Oklahoma last year, Kenneth Murray at linebacker. We're interested to see what he do. The only problem I have with this uh, defense is that any injuries are sustained to this defense. The Any pass rusher gets lost, they're I don't really like the interior defensive line, Tillery and those guys. They're not really deep. Um, it could spell trouble, any injuries to this team uh, on the offensive front and any regression for Herbert on offense, which I don't see because the guy has an absolute cannon. He was actually better under pressure than in a clean pocket, which is very rare. And one stat that is sustainable is a play from a clean pocket for a quarterback and do any metrics you look at. If a quarterback is good uh, in a clean pocket, he's going to stay consistently good. So for him already being good in a bad situation where he's running for his life or he has to scramble, he's got pass rushes in his face, um, with you taking a little bit of that away and making the pocket less chaos, he should gradually get better within that pocket um, with those receivers. And um, this offense should still be very explosive. I'm very excited to watch the Chargers. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you guys right now, week one, Washington and the Chargers are going to be on my TV. Uh, one of my three TVs are going to be watching. They're going to be on one of them because I'm so interested in that game. It's going to be a defensive game. I want to see how they're going to be utilizing Duran James. I feel like he's going to be all over the field. I'm so excited to have them back. Bose is one of my favorite pass rushers to watch in the league. And I like Brandon Staley. I like the videos they put out on their social media um, this offseason. I've really enjoyed those. I always like their colors. I'm hopeful for this team to be good. I think they'll finish. Um, I, I honestly think this team will probably finish third, may, maybe third, as I analyze. Because when I analyze that Broncos team, man, the, the, the Broncos should be in a lot of one-score games this year. And actually, j- just because of that, yeah, let me say that. The Broncos are going to be in a lot of one-score games. And this is Fangio we're talking about here. Nah, I think the I think the Chargers will finish third. I think the Broncos will finish above them. I really do. I'm taking that back. I do. I do. I just think that just think the defense, the, the Broncos defense will be a little better, um, and 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 that's going to pretty much be the difference in that. I do think Herbert um, will play better this year. I do think they could contend for a playoff spot. I mean, it's 17 games this season, so we're going to be interested to see how they manage Eckler also with that because uh, if they can keep him healthy, that'd be great because he's such a weapon out the backfield, catching the ball. He's great running the ball. He has great balance. Um, and all indicators will point that Rashawn Slater's on the offensive line is just good. He was already a technician. So just keeping Justin Herbert upright and letting him get that ball to Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, Eckler, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, um, in the in the guys last year, the deep threats they had last year, um, I'm I'm blanking on their names, but those guys really got down the field last year uh, for Justin Herbert. And you're bringing in Brandon Staley with this defense. Hopefully, he can get something out that interior pass rush, and um, the coverage can be better because you're gonna need better coverage because at the end of the day, you're not beating Patrick Mahomes, who will finish number one in this division, you know. But if you can steal one of those games, you can make it quite easier for yourself to get one of those wild card spots. And that's what you got to hope for if you're the Chargers, if you're the Broncos. But you know what you don't hope for if you're the Raiders? You don't hope for any of that. You hope for this nightmare to be over soon with John Gruden and Mike Mayock or just John Gruden maybe because you're going to finish last in your division again. That's right. That's right. It's going to be you. On the bottom again, blaming Derek Carr who has been fine since he's been with you guys, who's had two or three pretty good years since he's been with you guys. You guys don't deserve him. I hope you guys do trade him. I hope you trade him off. I hope you trade him for a worse quarterback and you can see what it's really like. Oh, yeah, if you, if you haven't got the tone of that right now, yeah, I'm done talking about the divisions. Like I told you, solo Puffy, I don't have to do much talking about these. I'm going to get straight to it. Like I told you, I have the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. 
Raiders. Just simply because I think Denver's defense would be a little bit better than the Chargers, even though the Chargers would be better by offense. Um, I just have to see it. First-year head coach, second-year quarterback. Um, I just have to see it from them first. Um, so I'm going to, you know, maybe I shouldn't take the old defensive guy to beat out an uh, innovative um, new young guy, but the old-school Fangio versus the new-school Brandon Staley. But um, I'm willing to bet that the Broncos defense is just dominant this year. And that will be the end of the football portion. And now we'll get into the food portion. Um, really good division when it comes to food. I did this division so long ago. It was like actually maybe the second division I wrote down, second or third. So I don't remember anything. Uh, uh, Chargers. Let's see. They're in L.A. Okay, hold on. I messed up. Hold on. I think one of these teams' food is for one team and one's for the other team. Hold on. Oh, no, it's not. Okay. Okay, apparently the Chargers, their food, is the same food as the Rams. Oh, yeah, I'm tripping. Okay, so I gave them guys the same food. Like I said, I'm double dipping here. Uh, it's both L.A., uh, sushi, really big in L.A., chicken and waffles. Um, they like hot dogs. They got street vendor food, so, you know, burgers and fries is big because you have a little bit of everything in Cali. Um, Tex-Mex, tacos, Korean food, food trucks, you know, that's how L.A. do it. Um, In-N-Out burger, all that shit over there. French dip sandwiches. Like, I mean, we talked about this that way. L.A. is... It's, you know, you got food vendors and you have multiple cultures there, but you have your typical American foods. You got your, you got Burger Friday, you got chicken and waffles, you got good pizza over there, you got sushi, but you got your healthy stuff over there. You got sushi, you got people on there, they're gluten-free, you got people on there vegetarian out there in L.A. by SoFi Stadium. So, you got burritos, you know, L.A. has a lot of the Hispanic culture over there. So, their food is prevalent over there. Um... So it's a strong food place. And then you move right along to Denver. Um, Rocky Mountain Oysters. They like lamb. They like trout, bison, green chili on top of things. Uh, smothered breakfast burritos. Uh, Colorado-style pizza. And omelets. You know, those are things that are prevalent in Denver. Um, you know, snow in Denver. They're getting high as hell. Eating good and never eat you a good bison burger or something, you know, just solid. See, I mean, you can imagine the Denver. They eat things that are very warming, very filling. You know, trying to keep that body temperature warm because I mean, you get cold up there, man, and the altitude up high. You know how it go. Uh, the Raiders, um, Vegas Raiders. Uh, apparently, the Raiders were one of the hardest divisions to look up food wise, but. What I settled on was um, Western Sundays, burgers, shrimp cocktail, sushi. They're really big on casino buffets or buffets in general. Thai food, onions, Chateaubriand, and paella. paella. Um Oh, my alarm's going off. Hold on. Um, you know, you got Indian culture out there still in the, the Las Vegas, like the desert area. Um, but Reno's definitely a tourist attraction. So I really kind of want to focus more on the tourist attraction more because I feel like more people eat there's not really a food of the land there. They like donuts, too. They're big donuts. Place to in, in um, Las Vegas. And they eat, still eating buffets during COVID. Them niggas is nasty. Kansas City's obviously the number one food place in this division. Kansas City Barbecue. Um, Kansas City's going to be a high-ranked team. I mean, Kansas City Barbecue. Beignets are big. The, uh, beignets are big in Kansas City. Chicken fried steak, pot roast, fried chicken, cinnamon rolls, and chicken is something they eat together. Um, I put fried chicken on here twice. I don't know why. And the cheese crisper is something they like. 
and sour cream and red something sour cream and sour cream and something pie. I think it's red potatoes. Um, yeah, like I said, I wrote this down a long time ago. I knew what all this stuff was, but it's five in the morning, and I do when when I do the I, there's a podcast coming for the final food podcast. It's gonna be separate. Um, you have a division preview coming next week. I'm gonna get the division preview to you on Wednesday. It'll be like a two hour show. Uh, so be prepared for that. Cut out some time for that while you're at work. I'll be joined by two guests. We'll go through the overs and unders in each team. We won't spend much time analyzing it because we've already done that. We'll go the over-under each team, and we'll go uh, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, things of that nature. And we'll preview Thursday's game. Um, um, you know, can get you a pick for that. And then we'll turn right around on Friday morning. Well, no. You know what? We'll go ahead and do this. Prepare for a three-hour show. Because not only are we going to give you the over-unders of every team, we're going to go ahead and pick every game for week one. Because I want to go ahead and combine it to a super mega podcast. That way on Friday, I can give you the final one through 32 power rankings of the food. Um, I want to go ahead and do that. So I can give you a little bit more clear descriptions on some of these and why I chose those. Uh, kind of let you slander me down and then I'll release that on Friday and that way we can head into you know that Sunday of the NFL season getting that, watching that loving that and then that next day um, I'll record, we'll recap the games and we'll talk the Monday night game, probably be recording during the middle of the Monday night game so that'd be the great part that's probably how this season is going to go for the most part. Uh, either you're going to get the show on Monday or you're going to get it on Tuesday during the Monday night game or during the Sunday night game. So the final rankings for this division, it's going to be Kansas City. It's going to be Colorado. It's going to be L.A. And then it's going to be Las Vegas because you niggas still eating buffet food in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so, yeah, that's been the division previews. I hope you enjoyed them. I've enjoyed making them. Thank you to every guest that has came out. Um, to the people who missed out, or it's, you know, I had scheduling conflicts today. I had two. I had two Broncos. I mean, I had a Broncos fan. I had a Raiders fan uh, set up in the last couple of days. I'm sorry about the Raiders fan. I kept canceling on him. Uh, and then Duck was supposed to do this one with me, and he flaked out on me twice. So I can't really blame him though. But um, so. I hope you enjoyed these division previews. I've enjoyed making them. Shout out to every guest that has came out. You're all free to come back. Uh, I'm going to open up the voice messages to this podcast soon. So when you listen to it and you disagree or you got something to say, um, you can leave me a short voice message and I'll play it on the show. Um, so we're probably going to roll that out um, next week, starting next week. So for the P-U-F-F-Y, that has been me. I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy college football. I'll talk to you next week when we actually talking NFL football week one. It's here, baby. Hey, peace, love, and chicken grease. I holler.